Deck Jokes, the world's only tarot comedy podcast. My guest today is Josh Levinson, blogger and comedian. That's probably not true. Hi. Uh, I mean, there's <laughs> probably somebody with a tarot podcast. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but uh, just like I listen to that, I'm like, oh, you shouldn't start with a bold faced lie like that. Oh, I thought you were going to say that's not true. I'm not a blogger or I'm not a comedian, but you were just you were just coming after me. Yeah, yeah, no, I am 100% a great blogger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, okay, so you're just here to to nitpick me. I see. I see how it yeah, is. That's right. Um, I'm a blogger. Being critical of other people is like kind of my job. Uh, is it? I thought. I thought it was your side hustle. Yeah, yeah. Simply not a full time gig. That's for sure. <laughs> so how how are things going with um, the blog and the pandemic? I imagine that makes writing about New Haven a little bit different. Yeah, I don't know. Did you read my latest post that I wrote? I saw it, and I was at work, so I did not click the link, and I meant okay. to. Yeah, yeah. I meant to read it. No, no, it's fine. I'm not, yeah, I'm not like uh, personally offended or anything. <laughs> um, no, no, no. It's, I kind of explained because I haven't really written anything in a while, and it's you know it's tough because I don't know how you know you're feeling about your creative endeavors, but certainly during the pandemic, I found my creative energy certainly flagging. Um, you know, I've had a hard time sort of summoning the energy to write new jokes to, I mean, you know, there's not, I'm not comfortable going to like open mics right now. And, yeah. You know, I know some people are, but so, and yeah, like, there's nothing to really like, you know, usually the blog is kind of like, where are the cool new restaurants or what is there to do? Or, you know, and it's like, there's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. So it's like, what do I, you know, so, and I was really, really depressed for a while. So um, I was not doing anything. Uh, but recently, have gone on an antidepressant that has helped me a lot. So congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. It's nice not wanting to die totally. Um, <laughs> I know yeah. that feeling. Yeah. So I did write something recently kind of actually talking about all that. Um, it is on between two rocks.com if you're interested in hearing some sad stuff, but uh, it, it's good. You know, like I, I, you know, it's hard, but uh, you just got to try. Yeah. Know? I'm actually in the middle of, on top of doing the podcast, I'm getting my own blog ready. So I'm just, nice. yeah, yeah. It's my niche. Is it also tarot, tarot related or? No, it's my niche academic interest. I am going to diagram the constitution of the United States. Mm, that sounds <laughs> really fascinating. Yeah. I told you it's niche. Wow. Um, Definitely send me a link to that. Yeah. You know what? Um, I know I asked you to be on this podcast, but I don't need this energy from you right now. <laughs> I don't know who you signed up. Like, I just, I, I, do you want me to be somebody different? I can recommend <laughs> a more positive person, maybe. I don't know. Wait, you mean, like, you mean being on antidepressants doesn't make you a completely different person? No, it seems not. It's just like the damage is done, you know? This is, like, this is who like, I am. 40 years of depression will make me cynical regardless of like what the, how I feel right now, you know? Yeah. Um, still depressed, but now I can get through the day. Yeah. No, I actually would say I'm not actively depressed. I just like, I think that like your personalities, it's like, um, like I think I was like a sad kid growing up. Right. So I listen to like sad music and now I just like sad music. And it's like, some people are like, well, doesn't it make you sad? I'm like, no, nah, I just like it. Like it, you know what I mean? But it's like, the damage is done. Like, it's just what I like now. So right. I think it's the same with your personality, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. Um, I, I've been on antidepressants for like almost seven years now. 
So nice. I I don't know who I am without them, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want, you don't need to know. <laughs> I uh, I don't think she was very pleasant, so I'm I'm okay not knowing or not remembering who I was before before yeah. the antidepressants. So um, I guess before we get into card reading. Tell me a bit about your comedy. How did you get into comedy? Actually, how long have you been doing comedy? It's mm, a good question. Uh, it's actually been about six years, which is a frightening length of time. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of not counting this last year because it was a bit of a lost year. I haven't really done a lot of comedy this year. but um, See, I yeah. have to count the last year because if I don't, then I've only been doing it for one year, and that doesn't seem like something to be proud of. Yeah, well, it's fine, but it's like you're young, you can get good still, you know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was something I'd always thought about doing when I was younger, and just like lacked the courage and you know um, self-flagellation to consider such a thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I had some friends like we had Joker's Wild in New Haven, which is a comedy club that's since closed, and um, some friends were like, "Hey, we're gonna go to this open mic. You want to come, right?" And because I was like already like kind of writing stuff and i don't know people i guess consider me vaguely funny by normal human standards and so i was like yeah i'll try it and uh i you know i did it and it was like just yeah it's one of the most invigorating things you can do you know especially like you know you know when you when you have depression uh for me at least a lot of it just feels kind of numb yeah and comedy does not feel numb at all no like, you know like good or bad you will feel something and that's amazing, you know, like... Yeah, the uh, um, the terror of being on stage and realizing you're not doing well is definitely preferable to just, like, not feeling anything. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, not maybe all the time, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, there's something about, like, I think there's just something really amazing about making a bunch of strangers laugh, like, pointing out something, like, ridiculous inside of us all that's just, like, I don't know. To me, it's, like... Life is hard, and if you can, like, make a couple people laugh, that shit is, like, an honorable goal, you know? Yeah. Funny shit is good. <laughs> I also like comedy because then I have to make other people deal with um, things that I think. Yeah. It's good like, to inflict your thoughts on other people, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because, like, if I have to deal with this, then so do you. And sometimes people appreciate you bringing that thought into their lives. And then other times they stare at you stony faced and you regret opening your mouth. Yeah, no, it's, but you know, it's all about finding your people. You know, sometimes somebody comes to you after a show and they're like, dude, that's amazing. I think that too. And other people are like, you should just do more therapy. Or <laughs> this is not working. You know, men will literally become stand up comedians instead of go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Why not both, fellas? <laughs> um, it is. Oh, uh, God, I had a joke, and then it completely left my mind before it had finished. It's hard. Like, one of the funny things about podcasting is, like, both trying to run the podcast and also be in the moment and, like, joke because you, like, kind of, like, like, okay, next we have to do this segment or, like, whatever your next plan is. So you're, like, simultaneously keeping your brain in two separate. It's, like, pretty hard. So Yeah, it is hard because I also have to monitor, like, a lot of how I just interact with people. I will use kind of like, like I'll say the same thing in response to different scenarios. You know, like people will use the same like reaction meme 
for like different stuff. And, like that's kind of how I interact with people. I'm like, I can't do that on the podcast. I've already made that joke. I've already made that oh, joke. Yeah, I can't yeah, make yeah, it yeah, twice. Yeah. I can't yep. make it twice. So that's yeah. That's also yeah, it'll make you stronger though. It'll make new thoughts. Be good. Yeah, I don't. I don't like having new thoughts. I don't. Well, I mean, that's too bad. Honestly, I'm surprised I have any thoughts most days. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. So, um, so who would you say, like, do you have, do you have comedy, uh, I don't, I don't want to say like comedy idols or, um, inspirations, inspirations, idols. I feel like, I feel like the way we've been talking about comedy, that's a little bit too feel goody. Yeah. No. I mean, it's interesting because like when I, you know, grew up, I was like, uh, like I was, you know, I loved like Dave Attell, Dave Chappelle, um, like, and like, I got really into Bill Hicks for a while, who I always like, thought like, and as I got older, I like, I found him less funny, but I just loved his like, um, you know, his ideas, like just like his sort of like, fuck everybody, everything is bullshit, they're just trying to sell everything. Mitch Hedberg is like, you know, just one of the greatest, obviously. I just like, and I think as I've gotten older, I've really just enjoyed the purity of like, just pure comedy. Um, of just like, like somebody like Nate Bargatze, who's just like, funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not necessarily about anything. It's just sort of like, dumb observations <laughs> that are sort of like, I don't even want to say, uni- but they're kind of universal, you know, so... I don't know. I think, like, they say the first 10 years are, are, like, kind of, you know, finding your voice, and I'm still in that, so, you know, I'm still learning. I learn from new people and, you know, people who started comedy before me and, you know, constantly learning and growing, I think. Yeah, I've, I've only been doing this for, like, two years, so I'm, like, still... And not only just finding my voice as a comedian, but also trying to figure out what other people think is funny. Yeah. Because I want to write jokes about what I want to write jokes about, but that doesn't always... Yeah, no, I have like a whole... I have like a good five or ten minutes of, of stuff that I think is hilarious, but it's just too dark for like regular people. Yeah, and comics might like it, but even then, they're going to be like, this is just weird. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. It's funny to me. But like, I think you got to make yourself laugh, but then also find stuff that other people find sort of, you know. So I've sort of found, you know, that I have a sort of... um you know, sort of a sad boy comedy thing, you know, where I'm sort of like a hapless dating loser, but girls still find me kind of charming in a like disarming way. But like, you know, it's like you you, you kind of sort of see yourself in a way, you know, and you so you uh, it's just it takes a lot of time. Like, I don't think you can figure it out too quickly. Like, I know you want to because like, you know, when you're new, you're like, oh, like I want I want to find my voice. And it's just like, I think in the beginning, you just have to like try to write good jokes and eventually your personality gets injected into that, but it just takes a lot of time. Yeah. Do you ever try to, do you ever, have you ever tried to write a joke, like imitating a certain comedian just to like get a feel for a style of comedy or a topic? No, No? not at all. I did once hear this, um, it was like Christopher Titus, who I'm not like a fan of, but he was on this like podcast and he basically was saying how the way he writes jokes is actually that he writes a full story with no jokes at all. And then he basically reads the story as a comic and tries to like add jokes to it. You know what I mean? And I thought that was a pretty interesting like writing style. That you know? seems like so much work though. Oh, absolutely. 
Um, but you know, like I don't know, he's a pretty famous guy. Um, I mean, that's that's true. I've never tried to. Uh, what's his face? Darren Seacrest said, you know, when I started doing comedy, he said I was like Mike Birbiglia, you know. So I was like, all right, sure. I, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> hardly know who that was at the time, and now that I've gotten a bit older, I'm like, yeah, you, you know, we're both sort of awkward white guys, you know. So that makes sense. <laughs> I get it. One of my favorite qualities about good comedians is they know exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. Like they know exactly who they are to other people. Yeah. And leaning into that is one of my favorite things to watch as like as an audience member, but then also as a comedian, because I have to figure out like, well, who am I to other people and how do I lean into that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and yeah. so far, the only thing I have found is that people... I think look at me and think I am an extra in a Fiddler on the Roof production. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a start. <laughs> so I have to lean. I have to lean into that really hard, which is interesting because I have found that most people do not like people who are super into musical theater. Yeah. No. That a bit is, off-putting. Yeah. 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 So it's it's a weird balance to have to strike i mean i think you got a little bit of that like you know righteous angry feminist thing going on you know (laughs) but you're also like really like nerdy about like stuff like especially like words and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. i think you sort of have to like and you know you'll figure it out over time but i think like you know you'll probably find some sort of way to like combine those two things in a way that's like kind of weird and unique that like will come off pretty quickly and obviously, you know? Yeah, I guess I guess I just need another eight years under my belt. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it just happened. Like, it's not even something you do on purpose. That's what's so, like, wild. It's like, I did this show over the summer um, for Brian Bargainer and Kate, Kate Clancy, and, uh, you know, it was outside of the brewery. And I had done comedy in months, and I was like, yo, I'm going to be terrible. Uh, and it was pretty good. Like, I did a bit of crowd work, and I was just like, it's amazing how much that like six years gives you of knowing yourself, knowing your personality, kind of like knowing who you are and just being like, yeah, I can, I can, yeah, this is fine. I know what I'm doing here. Even though you don't. Crowd work, crowd work terrifies me. Yeah. Oh, it's so terrifying. Yeah. Crowd work terrifies me because not only is it, I feel, I feel like as a comedian, it, it can be very nerve wracking to sort of give up control over the set if you try getting involved in crowd work yeah um just like that lack of control is scary but then also like what if they're funnier than me yeah no terrifying no it can't be good and i think i'm still too new into being a comedian that crowd work is just absolutely yeah i would say yeah nobody like under like four or five years should really be trying it unless they're just like messing around at an open mic you know but even then, I was just like, you're better off doing jokes or whatever. But uh, I think it's just like eventually, like, I, you know, I, I, this thing and this guy said something that was pretty funny, you know what I mean? But it was also like super weird. So I was able to like riff off it and be like, why are you like such a psychopath? Like, and <laughs> so like, even though what he said was pretty funny and maybe even funnier than the last joke I said, I was able to make it even funnier and bring it up because like what he said was weird and like, but it takes a long time to be so comfortable that you can be in that moment and react to you with like a regular person and be like, why, what was that? What did you just say? Whereas in the, you know, the beginning, first few years of comedy, you have so much anxiety and nerves going on that like, 
it's not gonna you're not gonna be able to figure out what's happening yeah i was it i didn't know what to do with like my hands for the first four or five months i still don't people catch me doing like the i've always put like a hand on my knee like i'm the teapot you know what i mean (laughs) all the time for that i was like I was like playing with the uh, microphone cord or like I touch my face a lot when I talk Mm -hmm. and I like I I would try to incorporate the mic stand into just like my physical presence on stage. I was like, I don't I don't know what to do with my hands. It's 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 really weird. And I, I don't like having a body. You're very aware like, of that when you're on stage and everybody's staring at you. Yeah. 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 Because not only are you aware that people are watching you, but then also, like, I just get very nervous before I go on stage. So I'm feeling it, like, all in my face. And it's it's just, it's a mess. And I think we need to abolish the physical form. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'd be some negative uh, consequences from such behavior, but hard to say. I, no, I mean, like, we can keep, we can keep the consciousness. We can keep we can keep being aware. I just don't want to have a physical form. Okay, so we're like bots in a machine. Like exactly, exactly. Hmm. Ideal existence. Just upload me to a hard drive. Okay. Well, you code right. You can do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't code well. I wouldn't trust me <laughs> to do that. But yeah. <laughs> All right, are you ready to move into the card reading? Yeah, sure. This is going to be very fun for me because you are the first person who is um, vocally a skeptic of this whole process. Oh, really? So, well, <laughs> uh, I yeah. mean, I don't know, you weren't even like very negative about it. You were just like, I am a skeptic. And everyone else has been like, this is so cool. Let's do it. Oh, and yeah, this is, no. this I is think a- it's not real. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I just like a math and science guy. Like, uh, I just believe, you know, I believe if you can prove it, if you can show me the math, great. But if you can't, then whatever. I mean, there's a lot of math involved in, like, cards. (laughs) It's math adjacent. Yeah. Is that that good enough for you? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's Arabic and Roman numerals on the cards. So... It's like when a ghost hunter is like uh, walking through like an old house and they're like, oh, according to this electromagnetic device, there's increased electromagnetic waves. It's like, what does that mean? You don't, you've established nothing. Like you're just making measurements arbitrarily. You are making sounds with your mouth, but you are not saying anything. Yeah. Wow. So the way that this is going to work is we have a card for your past a card for your present, and a card for your future. So I will turn over the card. I'm going to help you interpret it, or I can interpret it for you if you don't want to do all the all the legwork. And then we're going to talk about your career as a comedian. You ready? Uh, yes, I will try. So the card that is all the way over on the left, mm-hmm. the first one, um, so for your past, we have an inverted five of cups. Would you care to describe what it looks like? They look like a bunch of upside down goblets. Uh, and then there's a bunch of flowers around. And yeah, I would say that's about it. 
that that certainly is an inverted five of cups. Yeah. So the five of cups. I can. T- I have something. Inverse. Excessive preoccupation with social activity. Losing oneself in multiple superficial connections. Cultivating virtual instead of real contacts. Yeah. So how would any of that relate to your past as a comedian? Mm. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Uh, like when I started doing comedy, I feel like it was basically to impress my friends and we would like have these shows. So like, you know, I, I know a lot of people in New Haven and when I started doing comedy, like we would put on these shows and have like 50, 75, hundred people show up. And, you know, I thought I was good because all my friends were laughing, but a lot of it I think was just, you know, they knew me, they were on my side you know, and I feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like it basically allowed me to sort of like, yeah, have a lot of like hangers on and like talk to the other new New Haven comics who, you know, who knew me, but maybe weren't like my real friends um, and just hang out with them. So I don't know. Let's see. Cultivating virtual instead of real contacts. Yeah, I don't know. I would say, because like at the beginning of comedy, so much of it is really just like trying to impress people who you look up to and trying to be like, oh, I want to be on your show, you know? So you kind of like kiss ass to like these more experienced comics. And um, yeah. I think also, at least when I started out doing comedy, um, like trying to get to know people not just to either make friends or kind of know you know like who's around but at least for me trying to get to know people and not like not attach myself to anyone without looking like I'm not trying to attach myself to anyone I don't think that made sense. Let me try that again. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh... Um, no, I think my experience is obviously different from yours because I am a woman doing comedy. Mm. And that makes me... Like, I want to connect with people so I know who's around and I know, like, either who's booking or who has a style of humor that I like, that I vibe with, but not connecting with someone that I think wouldn't vibe with me so trying to make connections to know who's around but also like keep myself a little bit closed off you know not really making actual meaningful connections with people yeah at least in the beginning Mm -hmm. although the pandemic has certainly put my plans on hold to see anyone yeah any connections with anyone absolutely yeah no I mean I yeah it is hard because you want to like get to know people uh yeah and like not everybody is for you you know there's plenty of comics out there you know I would see somebody and I'm just like oh god like that's just not my kind of comedy at all and it's like not that I think I'm better than it it's just not for me you know Right. And if so, we weren't recording, I would totally ask who you mean, but we are recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I got a, I mean, you know, I got a list in my head. I'm sure you wouldn't be surprised who's on it, you know? I'm oh, sure probably we probably not. have a pretty similar list, so. Probably, probably. Um, there's definitely some people I see 
on the list at a mic and I know it's going to be a terrible night. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just, you know, it's not, you know, it's not a value judgment necessarily. It's just not for me. So. Oh, it's definitely a value judgment on, on my part. (laughs) Yeah, it can be. I don't know. I have absolutely no qualms about judging people because I know that people are absolutely judging me. So it's, um, I feel like it's fair. I feel like it's fair, but yeah. Um, do you want to move on to talking about your present? Sure. This is, I think talking about the present is my favorite part of doing this podcast right now because everyone's present is the same. We are all struggling. We are all not doing what we want to do. And everyone has like such different, different takes on it. So would you care to describe the card in the middle, please? Okay. The card in the middle is the four of cups inverted it looks like so very very uh similar to the last card it's just four goblets upside down you know they do have like um they have like red so like the goblets are yellow you know like golden and then like the insides are red they kind of look like almost like uh almost like predator they almost look like um like predatory plants you know, the whole thing. Interesting. Everyone's got something yeah. interesting to say about the cups. I've gotten a lot of interesting comparisons to um, either like plungers or something with a with yeah, a, plungers. Like a I could definitely say. Thing. Everyone's got something interesting to say about about the cups. So the four of cups inverted is symbolic of. Problems and discord in the family or long-lasting community, a fixed social structure which doesn't allow for adaptation or flexibility. And what's that got to do with your present, Josh? Um, well, my mom's not alive. <laughs> I don't know. I'm honestly not sure. That one is like... <sighs> Problems and discord in the family or in long-lasting community. I mean... I mean, you don't have to completely accept everything that the card represents. You can reject parts of it if you don't think it vibes. I mean, you can reject the entire card. I always find those are interesting as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, like certainly my family's pretty supportive. My dad has seen me plenty of times do comedy. Um, you know, I do think sometimes that like I feel a little bit isolated from the community in the sense of like, there's a lot of comics out there who were like, comics can say anything and cancel culture is BS and all this other stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, man, maybe like you don't need to make every terrible joke about sexual assault or whatever. Um, so I would say to some extent, there's a little bit of that. But yeah, I don't know. I feel I I mean, I have not done comedy in other locations really at all so I really kind of only know what the Connecticut comedy scene is like and like I feel I feel it in my bones the fixed social structure what do you mean like I don't uh, because like the same people book shows and they're all friends with each other and uh, it's not that there's no room for growth, but it certainly feels a bit stifling. I will say, yeah, I do hate, I do. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one thing I do. Yeah. I, I do hate how clickish comedy is and how it's like, 
all the same six bros hanging out, making the same like dumb jokes. And they all are like laughing so loudly at each other's terrible jokes. And they're like, look at us. We're like, it's almost like this farcical idea of like what they imagine, like uh, a comedy hang is like. Um, And it's like, even, I don't know, even like when, when it's with people I really do like, sometimes I'm just like, it's like six people hanging out and they're all just kind of riffing. And I just feel like it's like this whole like one upsmanship of like constantly riffing on each other's jokes where it's like, it doesn't feel like a, um authentic experience, like talking to a real person. It's just like more of like a game, you know? Yeah. So some of that does irritate me. You are right though, as far as like, you know, booking and all that, like it is kind of like. Yeah, I don't know. That's why you got to start your own stuff, you know? You got to just put, do your own thing because otherwise people are yeah, uh, it's just, stuck at their mercy, you know? Like, it's just very scary starting out on on your own, like, doing... I mean, it's, it's scary starting anything, I think. Although I have anxiety, so that might affect how I perceive the world. It just... It always feels very daunting to imagine doing something to create your own space. Yeah, no, it's a bit terrifying. And I've seen I've seen so many people do it. And it's very it's very interesting. It's very cool to watch people create their own creative spaces, but it's it's just it's very terrifying to me. As I think some people relish the challenge. I absolutely am terrified of the challenge. Yeah, I feel like I, I started doing it pretty early on just because like I wanted to put on the kinds of shows that I wanted to see. And so, and again, again, you know, I was lucky because I knew a lot of people. And so I was already sort of like doing my own sort of bringer type situation anyway. And like, if somebody's going to be like packing, like, I don't, you know, I, I did, I was tired of packing a place out for Mm -hmm. Vinnie Beetle or somebody else, you know, like who, who would take advantage of me versus like, if I'm putting on my own show, at least like I can like pay other comics and, you know, have a show that of like with comics that I like and share that. You know, I think that's one of the things I like about doing your own thing is that like, you can basically create yeah. the community that you want. So, you know, I can share, I can share the comics that I really like that I, that, you know, that I don't find violent yeah. rules. That I, I mean, I was really on like one and, of your you know shows. I mean? So that was, that was a good time. I liked that show a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I did is it the uh, gallery show. I did six minutes about going to the gynecologist yeah, in front spot. of a crowd that was mostly men, which was an interesting experience. Yeah, but... I mean, you know, <laughs> which is funny because I feel like a lot of my fans are women, so it's pretty interesting that uh, it was all dudes. I don't remember. It was a while ago. It was a while. Ago. I think. I think it was. I think I was the only woman on that show. Though. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, that's possible. Yeah, it's there's not that many women in comedy. It's hard to to really book. Not. Yeah. It's hard to it's really not. I I'll see another woman at a mic and I'm like, I want to be friends with her. Yeah. Not, not because I know anything about her, but just because I am not the only woman here anymore. Yeah. It's, no, it's a great feeling. Is it though? Is it? All right. So are you ready to talk about the future? Sure. All right. Can you please describe the card for your future? Uh, it's, it's upside down also. And it says temperance on the bottom slash top and there's like an angel who's upside down blonde hair and wings and holding a couple cups so i don't know if it's cup related but uh kind of pouring water between them and yeah wearing some blue robes a nice red cape pretty cool 
She's white. That is actually interesting that you point out that she has cups because your other two cards have been cups. Yeah. Cups are symbolic of emotion, social and spiritual um, situations. That's uh, actually... Is it a cup card? Cups are... It's not a cup card. It's one of the major suit cards, and those are the the cards that people see and associate with tarot. The um, like the hermit, um, okay. the fool, those cards. Um, but cups are one of the soft suits, and soft suits are receptive, favorable, pleasant, feminine. Like those are things associated with the soft suits. So okay. Um, I would not have, I would not have made the connection between temperance and the cups if you hadn't said that. I don't know which one it is on the, uh... This card is temperance. That okay. is, what number is that? So, an inverted temperance symbolizes going back and forth without making progress, losing patience, emotional preoccupation with oneself, pushing away others who might be trying to help. Hmm. I do like to push away others what a who are trying to help. <laughs> what a um, yeah, I mean, certainly going back and forth and making real progress, certainly this year has been that way. It's actually, um, so before this whole, I don't know if I discussed it with you at all, but before this whole pandemic happened, I actually, um, I had this plan that I was basically going to like rent a place in New York for like a month and just because I can work remote already. And so I was like, all right, maybe I'll just like try living in New York for a month, hit up some open mics, see what it's like, just like kind of decide if like this feels like a move, like if, if I want to advance this or if like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm 40 and like, is this really like a, a worthwhile endeavor at this stage in my life? Like, you know, maybe I should just move on or, and, or like it's fine to like be a Connecticut comic and nothing more. You know what I mean? That's fine. Um, so I had this whole plan. And then the pandemic happened and, you know, there's basically no comedy. And so it does feel a bit like I basically put this idea or this dream on hold. Um, and I'm just like in a holding pattern waiting for something to happen. And meanwhile, I'm just like stuck in my own company. But I mean, aren't we all? Yeah, I tragically am always with myself. That's yeah, tough. And, uh, you know, right. It says emotional preoccupation with one. I mean, it's hard not to be when you're just alone all the time. You know, like, of course, you're going to like self-reflect and like push on others who might help. I don't know about all that. I feel like I have a great support system and great friendships. So that's like, I find that to be less interesting um, and losing patience with a lengthy process. I don't know. Like it is comedy can be hard because, you know, like in the beginning, you kind of you get a lot better like more quickly like it becomes it's like very obvious in those first like five years the difference between one year and the next whereas like the difference between like five year and five you know year five and year six is like doesn't feel that great like it is if you were to like listen to recording back to back but like at the end of the day you're like oh i do well on 60 percent of shows instead of like 55 percent of shows you know what i mean it's just like yeah you're doing better but you're not doing that much better and so right the growth isn't as exponential Right, but it is you are getting better and you're you are approaching something. It's just like you you start caring about other stuff and you're like, Oh, I want you get jealous of the comics or you want to be doing something different or you know, it's it's hard because you like it is such a long process to get there and like, you know, you want to get better and you you know, it, and especially in comedy, it's so easy to get jealous of other people 
being oh, like, word. well, why did that person get that show? I want, I should be on that show. I'm better than them. You know, it's like, I, I find that I don't necessarily get jealous of other mm-hmm. comics, but I do get, um, I, I'm being a little bit self-centered right now, but I do get angry. I do get angry because it's not necessarily like, I want to be like that good. I'm jealous of their success. It's more just like, I know for a fact I am funnier, but I'm not friends with the booker. Yeah. So that's, that's all. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I had this great moment when I was like, maybe my first or second year of comedy and I was at Joker's Wild and I was talking to Darren Seacrest and uh you know we're but we're like pretty friendly and he's he's also sort of like a intellectual type comic i guess um and so he's a smart boy he's a smart boy yeah we're both just kind of nerdy white guys you know just sort of a similar type of comedy but anyway he was like i was talking about how like i wanted to get on shows but i was like i want to get on shows but i don't want to like ask and he's like what you mean like everyone And it was like a really good point because it's true. You really do have to ask. Like, I know it, like it sucks for your pride. Like you want to be asked. And when you are asked, it's great. Like it feels so nice when somebody like seeks you out and is like, Hey, I know that you do comedy and I like your comedy. I want you to be in the show. That's amazing. But you know, conversely, there's nothing wrong with asking, you know, just being like, Hey, I think I'm good. I think you should give me a shot. Like if not this month, next month, you know what I mean? Like I don't, you don't owe me anything, but I think you should consider me. And I, you know, I think I'm good. And, you know, and I think there's something to be said for like that and like being able to like suck up your pride and, you know. Yeah, that's definitely something that I do not. Um, that is not a skill set I possess. Yeah, because you got it. Yeah, I, um, I guess I'm always low key afraid that if I say, hey, will you book me? The person will say, no, you're not funny. And that's something I am not ready to deal with yet. Okay, yeah. Because I always say, like, my younger sister is funnier than I will ever be without trying. And that's really frustrating. Mm -hmm. Of course, the inverse of that is I am the one who actually goes up on stage and tries comedy, where she, you know, like, that's not her thing. You know, she's not going to do that. So I'm always afraid of being told, like, well, you're not funny enough, but the the other side of that is you will never know unless you ask. Yeah, no, I mean, whatever. Like, usually, I've never really had anybody be like, you're not funny enough. Like, usually it's more just like, oh, we're all booked up, or, you know, usually you just won't hear anything. It gets more like getting ghosted than anything else. <laughs> no. You just won't hear back, which is fine. Like, it's, it, but it's like, comedy will get you used to rejection, on such a level where you're just like, whatever, like, it's fine. Like you, you, you come to realize that there's no such thing as like funny. There's just like, it's all like, like any type of art, it's just relative. Like they might not like you, but like someone else might like, there are a hundred percent Connecticut comics. I'm sure who think I'm not good, you know, guarantee it. I think I'm funny, but like not everybody does. And that's just an opinion, you know? See, I've always appreciated your comedy because on the whole, it feels like safe. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't see you get up on stage and I'm like, oh, I'm going to feel unsafe at the end of this set. Yeah. And there's definitely like people I know or people that I have seen perform either like in person or just I've watched 
you know, like YouTube sets of, of different people, you know, whatever. And I see it. I'm like, I don't feel welcome anymore. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm really going for. I just want, I don't want to be funny. I want to be safe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And I, yeah, I do. I try not to, I try not to, I want everybody to feel comfortable and have a good time. I don't want anyone to feel alienated, you know? Right. I think I always feel like the, um, I mean, not the best comedy is harmless because some comedy is very pointedly about be transgressive yeah yeah i mean but some some comedy is very um explicitly like not meant to be harmless you know you're making fun of you're making jokes about either establishments or people who deserve to be ridiculed but i think in general my favorite type of comedy is like harmless comedy yeah i agree i tend to like comedy that is sort of like universally fun like you know anybody in the show could enjoy it and wouldn't necessarily feel like they have to be part of an in-group, you know? Yeah, or, um, I mean, my favorite one of your jokes is um, finding crumbs in your bed, but you don't eat in bed, so you're suffering from erosion. <laughs> <laughs> I like that joke, too. It doesn't always do that well, but I, I enjoy yeah. I, mean, I think that joke is, first off, brilliant, but also I have really bad eczema, so yeah. I find a lot of crumbs in my bed, but they are me, so... Yeah, yeah. Like, I just like the idea that you're suffering from like a long-term geological problem, <laughs> <laughs> like, like over like eons, but like overnight. I like it makes me laugh. No, it's it's really good and it's harmless. Like, yeah, no, you couldn't be offended by that. <laughs> you rockist. Um, yeah, that is like, yeah. I just I I like harmless, stupid comedy. Um, yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's it's nice to leave an open mic and not feel like the world has a bit more bad in it. Yeah. That's why I always try with like the, you know, I run an open mic at Three Sheets and just be like, hey, can we not say anything too hateful here tonight? Even though some comics are like, shut up, Josh. I, I want to say all the sexual assault jokes. I'm like, I know you do, but please just don't tonight. And uh, please want yeah. to show some restraint. And that's apparently no, asking a lot. Though. That's apparently asking a lot of some people. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Um, I feel like we are drawing to the end of the podcast. So, would you like to say anything more about being a comedian? Did you like the cards that you drew? Sure. Yeah, I like. Um, yeah, I. You know, it's actually really funny because, like, um, even though I don't believe in anything really, um. I always sort of like, I get this feeling when like somebody does tarot or something, it's almost like getting a haircut. Like I'm just happy someone's paying attention to me. <laughs> oh no. Do you know what I mean? Where I'm just like, I feel like I'm being like pampered somehow. <laughs> Even if it's on a spiritual realm, I don't believe in. I'm like, yeah, but at least we're paying attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if that's, be- I don't know what that's based on having emotionally absent parents. I don't know. But, uh, it's just funny. It gives me this like weird feeling, but it's like a, it's almost like an ASMR thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Um, I didn't, I I didn't think that I'd be giving you an ASMR type experience, but I'm I'm glad to know that it's made you happy in some capacity. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it's closest I can really experience as a human. I would say getting your cards read is the closest you can come to experiencing happiness as a human. 
I was just having attention. Okay. Yeah, sure. I had somebody else do it. Even like when I was like, uh, I remember when I was in college, I would look up all this like numerology shit, horoscopes, like all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I always loved it. Even though I don't believe in any of it, I'm just like, it's just like, it feels so like tailor made for you, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's like, and if we're comics, we're probably already egocentric anyway. So it's like, yeah, of course I want to hear about me. Yeah, go yeah, on. Please continue talking about me. This is like everything I need at the moment. Exactly. I always loved astrology because my sign is Cancer. And if mm-hmm. you know anything about astrology, you know that Cancer is um, like people who, like, Cancers are just like made of crying. And that is me. I'm just like always okay. three seconds away from crying. So it's nice to know. Yeah, that. no, I did not know that. So. <laughs> Wait, you didn't know that about cancers or you didn't know that about me? I didn't know that about cancers. I definitely knew that about you, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm, I follow you on Twitter. It's not hard. To, <laughs> you're mostly tears, so yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just always I'm just always sad. Yeah. Well, maybe fair. maybe I need to switch my antidepressants. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're young. You're supposed to be sad. It's part of the deal. Thanks. That gives me so much hope for the future. Yeah, it should. <laughs> Someday you'll be just regular depressed like me. Okay, um, that does not make me feel good about myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not a really great person for, yeah. Yes, I'm going to rope us back to somehow I can end this podcast. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Cut all this out in post. Can I plug my stuff? Um, what is, is there a, yes, yeah. yes, that was, that was going to be the, the next part of, um, that was going to be the next part of it. Um, so... Josh, are there any projects you would like to plug? No oh, projects any... is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> is there any way? Is there any way people can like follow you online, read the things you write, yeah, watch how sad you are? Yeah, they sure can. There's a, a number of avenues to witness my sadness. Um, <laughs> I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as J Levity C T J L E V I T Y. <laughs> forgot the weather and then ct J levity ct do you know how levity is spelled anyway uh and i also have a uh between two rocks.com is a blog about new haven so if you happen to be a new haven type person it's like a fun fun funny blog sometimes sad but mostly funny uh and i also have a instagram account called sad vegetarian bachelor which you should check out because it is yeah it is what it sounds like it's like the opposite of a foodie instagram account you know what I mean? It is like the exact opposite of that. So, if you were to describe yourself like on dating websites or like whatever, would you describe yourself as a sad vegetarian bachelor? No, I mean you don't want to put that foot forward. It might be true, but you don't want to be like you don't want to lead with that. You know? I, I think it's- I usually tell people. I usually tell people like, listen, I'm Josh. I have a house and a cat and depression and several bicycles. And I feel like that kind of says it all, you know? Josh Levinson, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Deck Jokes is produced by me, Zayat Murphy. The theme music is Low Self Opinion by The Not Mikes, and the album artwork was designed by Akino Fukawa.